Now I got another question. How many of you on this side are not ashamed of Jesus? Half of you? Okay. I'll give you a chance in a second. Here in the middle, how many are not ashamed of Jesus? Over here on this side, you're not ashamed of Jesus Christ? Amen. That's what I want to talk about this morning is we're going to celebrate these baptizees. That's what baptism is. As you're saying, I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we're going to get into the Word this morning, and this is the title. I want you to just begin to think this morning, am I? I might have answered right now when I asked that question. You might be here and you don't know who Jesus is. You might be here and you've never heard the gospel. We're going to get a good gospel message this morning that's going to teach you why we're here and why this church exists and why we say we're not ashamed. If I, if I came up next to you this morning with my Bible in a public place and I sat down next to you and I began to read my Bible, would you be embarrassed? You don't have to answer. You don't have to raise your hand, but think about it. If I sat down next to you, would you be like, man, he's got a Bible open in public? Or at your desk at work, would you be ashamed to open up your Bible and read your Bible at work? What about being ashamed to pray with a brother or a sister in, in a public place? Somebody asks you to pray for them. Would you be bold enough to pray for them right there, right there in the mall, right there in the store, right there wherever you are? How about being able to be bold enough to speak out on an issue that matters to Jesus? Amen? How many know there's a lot of issues today going on in our society, in our world, that need to be spoken out about? Are you ashamed to mention Jesus on a post in social media or to select Christian or religious in Facebook? Are you ashamed to mention the name of Jesus when you're not with people who are Christians? People who aren't Christians. Are you ashamed to pray for a meal out in public around other people? Those are just some things to think about. Things for you to think about right now. But I'm going to tell you for me, I asked you those questions. I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ. And Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, I want you to think about going back to when he lived and the time he lived in. He lived in a time where before he got saved, before he gave his life to God, he was actually killing Christians. He was actually persecuting Christians. And so he was a person who knew the Bible. Knew the Bible better than anybody in here. He was a Bible scholar, as a matter of fact. And he got a revelation of Jesus Christ, and he, he felt, as Brian said at prayer, he fell in love with Jesus, and he had a personal relationship with Jesus, and Jesus changed him. How many know when Jesus changed you, there's going to be a 180 in your life? Some people get it wrong and say, man, Jesus changed me, and I did a 360. You don't want to do a 360, because that'll get you right back where you were. You got to do a 180. And Paul did a 180 on that road to Damascus, and he said this verse in Romans 1.16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. How many know God's a powerful God? To salvation for everyone who what? Believes. For the Greek, Jew first, sorry, and then also for the Greek. Read it again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to get into the gospel in just a minute. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Not some, but everyone. First for the Jew, and then also for the Greek. Father, I ask you to anoint your word for the next few minutes. In this 11 o'clock service, God, I ask that your spirit would speak to every man and every woman and every teenager in this place. That you would arrest our minds to focus on you for a few moments. That we would hear your word. Lord, that the flesh, that our carnality, that our mind would not be somewhere else, but we would be here. And devil, you're defeated this morning, and there's no power in hell that can defeat the Word of God this morning. And we thank you for transforming lives. 
by your word, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? So you might be here. I'm going to talk to you like you've never heard a message in your life. What's the gospel? What's the gospel? You might have heard somebody say, that's the gospel truth. You might hear that all the time, the gospel, the gospel. We're, we're a gospel church. We're a full gospel church. We believe in the gospel. And you might be going, well, I don't know, I don't know what the gospel is. Well, I'm glad you asked because I want to show you what the gospel is this morning, and I want to make it simple. How I many know if we're trying to reach a lost world, we can't, compl- we can't complicate them with the, the, the chrono- chronology of, of uh, uh, the begats from Matthew? Or go to see some of y'all like, what in the world's a begat? Amen. Or First Chronicles or First Kings. or We've got to give them the gospel. It's simple. Listen, the gospel's simple this morning. What's the gospel? If I could break it down and make it simple, I'm, I, could, I, I couldn't do as good a job as Paul did. So Paul, that scholar, okay, Paul who was killing Christians, he was led by the Holy Spirit to give this summary. And I want to look at it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this is powerful because he, he makes it very simple. What's the gospel? We saw there in Romans 1 that the gospel saves us. So he goes, I passed on to you what was most important. How many know everything in the Bible is important? But there's, there's something if you don't get, you miss it. Okay, and it's the gospel. He says, I passed on to you what was most important that had been passed on to me. Now this is important right here. We're going to stay right here in the middle of the verse for a second. Because this is how the gospel works. Our, our vision of our church is totally from the Bible. It says, reach, teach, send. So somebody reached me, I think it was Wednesday or last week, I think it was Wednesday, I preached on one by one. You get, you get one to the Lord by one person. One person tells you about the Lord, they reach you. They tell you about the Lord in such a way that it grabs you. And so it's passed on to then teach, you learn more about it, and then now you become a sender. That's been happening for 2,000 years since Jesus got, came out of, out of the grave. People have been passing on the word he says, I, I, I got this, and now I'm passing it on to you. What is it? Christ died for your sins. What's the gospel? Christ died for your sins. Are there any sinners in here? I just want to see if there's any sinners in here. If you don't raise your hand, you're, you're guilty. Amen? The Bible says we're all sinners. We're all on equal playing ground this morning. We're all sinners. Okay? So that's not a bad thing for you to raise your hand. Christ died for you. The Bible says Christ died for our sins Watch this. Just as that church said. Just as that denomination said. Just as that political leader said. Just as that sports athlete said. What does it say? Just as the scriptures said. Church, we would do so much better for God if we would just say his word. And we would stop giving opinions. I mean, everybody's got an opinion. Opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. Amen? Everybody's got an opinion. We don't need more opinions. We need someone to say the Bible says. The Bible says. And that's what Paul is doing. He's showing us in these short little verses. He goes, let me show you what the gospel is that has been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said. And then watch what it goes on to say. He was buried. That's the next part of the gospel. He didn't just die. He was buried. And, And here's the best part. He was raised from the dead. Okay? He died for our sins. He was buried in a tomb. And the Bible says he was raised as the dead just as what? Just as the scriptures said. So we in this church are believers in every word that comes out of this Bible. This is God's word. This is, have you ever had a manual for something to fix something? 
a car manual, a, a part manual, a, any, a TV manual. It, this is our manual for life. And we have to believe every single word. But the gospel, the word gospel, is, preached, is mentioned almost 100 times in the New Testament. Okay? And we're going to get into this a little more in a second. But I want you to see how simple this is. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. And then he rose from the dead, just as the scripture said. And he was seen by Peter. Now, Peter's interesting because if you know your Bible, Peter denied Jesus three times. Three times. So if you're here and you've ever denied Jesus, guess what? God's a God of second chances. Amen? If you've ever been ashamed of Jesus, God's a God of second chances. Peter was ashamed. Here we see that he was seen by Jesus. Saw, he was seen by Peter. But before that, he denied him three times, and one time was to a little girl. He didn't even have the boldness to stand up to, to a little 12-year-old girl. He said, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know this Jesus. But I say here this morning, and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And he goes, he was seen by the 12, by Peter and the 12. And then it says, after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. That is in two verses right there, or three verses, is the gospel. But how many would like it even simpler? Even simpler than that. If I could make it in one sentence. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. This I know. How many know that song? For the Bible tells me little ones to him. They are here. Yes, Jesus loves me. Remember that? Jesus loves me. This I know, Brian, right? This I know because the Bible tells me so. Okay? It's simple. And I'm not ashamed of that this morning. I'm not ashamed of that song. I'm not ashamed of who Jesus is. I'm not ashamed of what he stands for. But I'm going to give you another verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Watch this. Verse 21. i got a lot of verses for you this morning. This is the summary right here. My favorite way to sum up the gospel. Because it goes even a step further. If, if I, if, think about this. If I asked you this morning, or somebody asked you, on the road, on the street, hey, you believe in this gospel, what, what, what does it mean to be saved in one verse? What, if you could just pick one verse out of the Bible, some people around the world have had that. Do you realize that? We live in a country where right now, till this day, till today, we have freedom. Now, people want to take that freedom away. But we have freedom today of religious rights. We have a lot of freedoms in our lives. We have freedom to be in church this morning and, and preach the gospel. But did you know that in other countries, and where we have this freedom here, we're, a lot of times we're wimps. And we're, we're, I hate to say this, but we're sissies. Because we're afraid to stand up for the Lord. We're afraid what people think about us. We're worried about what, what some friend might say or, or, or they, I might offend somebody. And we have the right to do that here. But did you know that in other countries, and I, there's too many to mention, today people are being killed for their faith all over the world for standing up for Jesus Christ. Killed. Burned alive. Murdered for their faith. And in those countries, I was reading something about this this morning. In those countries, like I said, too many to mention. In those countries, the taxi drivers drive around with a cross on their, on their, on their uh, rear view mirror even though they could cost them their lives. In those countries, they put murals on their houses with pictures of Jesus, even though it could cost them their lives. 
they're not ashamed. Why are we so ashamed of Jesus in the United States? Oh, it got quiet in here. I must be hitting a nerve. Amen. Why are we so ashamed of Jesus? Did you, how come everybody else is not ashamed of what they do? How come everybody flaunts their sin and they'll do whatever and they'll, they'll parade their sin, they'll parade their lives, they'll parade whatever they want to do, but when it comes to standing up for Jesus, the Christians are hiding under rocks right now. The Christians are running away and no one wants a confrontation. No one wants to stand up and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. God is looking for some men and women in this place today that will stand up for Jesus. Back to the verse. This verse sums it up. For he, God, made him, Jesus, watch this, who knew no sin. We, we can't even fathom what that would, have you ever had something dirty put on you? Ever got something really nasty, touched something really nasty or just think about how gross that is. Can you imagine never knowing sin? Can you imagine being God? And when he died on that cross, he, he didn't just take your sin, my sin. He took Charles Manson's sin. He took Hitler's sin. He took all the people in the history of the world you can think of, sin on himself. And he became sin for us. For us. See, that, that, that ought to get us a little more, I know you're thinking, right? So it's okay. That ought to get us a little bit excited to think that God, who knew no sin, became sin for me. Not just so I could be saved, but be, that I could become the righteousness of God in Him. See, that's, that's, that's why it's called the good news. Because I could be here this morning and I could be an ex-murderer. I could be an adulterer. I could be the worst of the worst. Paul said he was the worst chief of sinners. Doesn't matter. Listen closely to me. Doesn't matter what your lifestyle has been in this place this morning. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you've said. Doesn't matter where you've gone. Doesn't matter how far you think you are away from God this morning. The gospel is good news because it says God came down and took your place on the cross so you could become the righteousness of God. What's the gospel? It's good news. It's good news. Isn't that good news? But we don't really see our sin sometimes. It means that you should be dying of lethal injection this morning for your sins. But Jesus came in and said, I'll take their place. He, who, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. And I want to talk, if you will, allow me just for a couple minutes here about a hero of the faith in the Bible called Stephen. And I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. I you to read later on, not today, but it's too much. Read chapter 6 and 7 of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 6 and 7. I want you to read all the things that, that, uh, that uh, uh, Stephen quotes and, and does. But I'm, I'm grabbing a few verses, and I want to make this kind of the meat of the message here, if you'll just stay with me for a minute. So Stephen, we're gonna, I'm going to just give you a fast forward and spoiler alert. Stephen is going to die. Okay, let me just spoil that for you. At the end of my story here, Stephen's going to die. He's going to become the first martyr in the New Testament. And he's going to become the first martyr because he wasn't ashamed of Jesus. 
So this right here, stay with me. As I begin to talk about this, it's going to begin to maybe separate a few people. Some of you guys, as I said in the first search, some of you guys are going to start to get mad, and some of you are going to get glad. Because that's what the gospel does. The gospel either makes people mad or makes them glad. You'll make sense in a second. So Stephen is chosen by his peers to be a leader in the church. And it says in Acts chapter 6, verse 8, that he was a, a man full of faith and power. How many want to be full of faith and power in this place? If you don't want to be full of faith and power, the opposite of that is doubt and weakness. So if you didn't raise your hand, wake up. Amen. Tell the person next to you, wake up. Amen. Let me ask that again. How many would like to be full of faith and power? Okay, because I, I just want to check your pulse or something, because if you want to be weak and, and full of doubt, I don't, that, that's kind of weird. And he did great signs and wonders among the people, and then I want to go down to verse 10, and then they were not able, look at this, they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. I can't speak for you, but I want God to use me in such a way that when I talk, when I speak, not just here in this platform, don't think for a second that this is my platform. Did you hear me? This isn't, my, this isn't the only place I preach. Amen, Brian? And this, is, this, is, this is what I get to do to teach you guys. But I, I go out of these four walls and I preach. I want to be able to be full of his wisdom and his power that when I speak, people listen. It grabs their attention. And that's what Stephen had. When he spoke, wisdom came out. When he spoke, the Spirit of God touched him. Now look at verse 12 and 13. And when he spoke, it stirred up the people. That's why I said you're either going to get glad or you're going to get mad. The people, the elders, the scribes, and, and they, got, they got mad. They didn't get glad. They got mad. And they seized him, it says, and they brought him to the council, and they set up false witnesses against him. We know that exists. And said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. So it was a lie. So Stephen, you know what he does? He gets chosen. He goes, I want, God says, I want to use you. I need a man full of faith and full of power. And Stephen's like, yeah, 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 use me. I got this. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. And he, gets, he shoots out the gate. He's like, I got no time to waste. And he starts preaching. He starts preaching. And people get cut to the heart, and they get mad, and they grab him, they take him into the council, and they say, listen, we need to talk to you. Is this true? And watch this, chapter 7, verse 1. This is where, this is where it comes to a head. If they pull you into your job, church, into the HR department, they pull you into the principal's office in school, they pull you in, they say, hey, have you been preaching the gospel? Have you been passing out tracts? That'd be a good thing to get called in for. They said, Stephen, are these things so? They asked him, is this true? Are you, are you saying all these things? And now he's standing, listen, the council in that time would be like the law today. The power to kill him. Not just the power to spank his hand, to kill him. And he knows that. So he gets confronted by this council. And Stephen at this moment could have said, well, oh man, maybe I should change my verbiage a little bit. Maybe I should tone this message down a little bit. Maybe, maybe I should add a little bit of water to this. Oh, I'm preaching way better than y'all shouting. That's all right, though. 
I'll just water this down a little bit so it don't taste quite so strong. But he didn't do that. Let me tell you what he did. A boldness came upon him. And he preached for 50 verses. He preached. God needs some preachers. Not just the one in the pulpit. God needs some preachers. Amen. Some people who will stand up for God and speak his word. His word. Not my word. Not your word. Not the world's word. His word. He just needs messengers. And he begins to preach. He begins to speak. And read it later. For 50 verses. If you've ever wondered what, what the Old Testament means, go read Stephen's 50 verse message. He goes all the way back to Moses and Abraham and Joseph goes all the way through the Old Testament and gives this message and explanation of what the Old Testament and leads us to the place where we need Jesus. How many know this world needs Jesus? Does anybody know this world needs Jesus? But the real gospel, not the gospel of grace that's greasy. Greasy grace. Not, not, not where they, they add and they take away. They just say what the Word says. The Bible says. You know what we need to learn to do? When someone asks us a question, we need to say, the Bible says. Not, will I think, and will they said, and will I wonder if. We need to say, the Bible says. God says in his word. That's what God's looking for right now. Let me just say this in case you don't know. We're at a place right now, church. I've been preaching almost 30 years. We're at a place right now. We're, we're at a divide. If you you don't catch it in the Spirit, trust me. If you you have any respect for me at all, understand. We're at a divide in our nation and in this world. We're at a time where you're either going to stand for God or you're going to fall for anything. Hear my words. Mark my words. That's why I talked last week about not quitting. This is the time. This is the time not only not to quit. This is the time to get after it. This is the time to preach like you've never preached, witness like you've never witnessed, love like you've never loved, speak like you've never spoke, and tell, Jesus, tell people Jesus is coming. Because that's where we're at right now, church. And watch this. He gets to verse 51 after preaching for 50 verses. He's feeling something. It's called the anointing. God's hands on him. God's speaking through him. God's giving him something. It's like a boxer who's seeing that he's about to win. He just lands a few more punches. He's like a player who sees the clock and they're winning and they're just, they've got to hold on just a little bit longer. Stephen starts to get anointed and look what he says. You stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked people. You uncircumcised and hardened ears. Church, our world needs to hear that they're stiff-necked right now. Our world needs to hear that if they don't change, they're on a path to hell this morning. Amen. He says, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears. But see, you don't understand why he's getting like this. Because he has had a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He has had a revelation of the fact that he was supposed to be dead already. He was supposed to be in hell already. But God stepped down out of heaven and became sin for him so that he could become the righteousness of God. And he changed his whole destiny for eternity. And so now he doesn't care what people think. Some of you in here care way too much what people think about you. You need to stop caring what people think about you and start caring what God thinks about you because he's the one who's going to be at the end waiting for you.
We're all going to stand before God, church. And your friends and your spouse and your cousins and your aunts and your brothers and your sisters and all those people won't be there. It'll be you and God. That's what church is preparing us for. It's, it's getting our hearts right. He says, he's, listen, they're not listening. I'm trying to tell them about this thing and they're just, they're, they're just stiff-necked. So he says, okay, I'm just going to call them what it is. Stiff-necked people. Hard-hearted people. You're not listening. He says, you resist the Holy Spirit. You know when you witness that people aren't rejecting you? When you tell people about Jesus, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the Lord. He says, as your fathers did, so do you. Remember, it was the religious people that killed Jesus. The religious people. How many are still here? Now, let's, let's go to a few more verses here. This is 54. You read all this later. When they heard these things, this is where you get glad or you get mad. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. When you hear God's word, listen, this might be the first time you've ever been in church. It might be the last time you've ever been in church. You'll be responsible for everything you just heard. Because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. And if you reject God, you're not rejecting me. You're not rejecting Victory World Outreach. You're rejecting God. He says it cut them to the heart. So what that means is, I've got to make a decision now. The Spirit is speaking to me. I've got to stand up or I've got to sit down. I've got to say yes or I've got to say no. I've got to get in or I've got to get out. What am I going to do? And guess what? Instead of getting glad, they got mad. And this is interesting. And they did something right here that they're going to do in hell. It says, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. The Bible, when it describes, describes hell, says it's a place of darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jaws get mad. And who's he to tell me this? And how's he going to say that? And who does he think he is? And that's what we get. That's what we get. So right now, you're, right now, right now, you're either getting glad or you're getting mad. But you're not getting mad at me. Have you ever gotten mad at the UPS driver for dropping off a bill? Not his fault. He's just passing it on to you. Package. Whatever it is. Divorce papers. You can get mad at the messenger. You can't get mad at me. He says, but he being full of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Stay with me. Gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. Now, I said this in the first service. I'm going to say this right here. You've got you to you read your Bible. Because when you read your Bibles, you start to put things, dots together. And, and there's a reason why Stephen got so excited here. It says he was full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed into heaven, and he saw the glory of God. That's not, that's not what got him excited. He says, in Jesus, and leave that verse up for a second. It says, in Jesus, standing at the right hand of God. Now, if you know your Bible, there's a reason why he got excited. Because the Bible says... That Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what the verses say. That Stephen is preaching the truth. And he's giving them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And he's boldly proclaiming, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Because it's the power of God that has saved my life. And as he is preaching, listen, as he's preaching, two things are happening. One is, he's seeing Jesus. And the other is, he's realizing, I'm about to lose my life. I'm about to lose my life. So he knows he's going to die, 
He knows what, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's basically understanding, this is going to be my last speech. So I'm going out with the boom. But when he goes out with the boom, he says, you stiff-necked people, you need to change your hearts and give your lives to Jesus and realize Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Stop thinking the way you think and start believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. As he's preaching this, he looks up to heaven and Jesus stands up for him. Stands up for him. When you stand up for Jesus, Jesus will stand up for you. Amen. How many here will stand up for Jesus this morning so Jesus can stand up for you? I know some of y'all in here, like me, used to get in some fights. Anybody in here ever get in fights when you were growing up? Come on, don't, don't lie to me. Uh-huh, come on, go ahead and put it up. It felt good when someone had your back, though, huh? Not, not, not the sissy fight where they jump in, it's three on one. I'm talking about, like, four come and you're one, and then someone comes and, you know what I'm saying, someone come and get your back. Feels good when they come in. How about having Jesus give you, get your back? Have Jesus stand up for you. And say, I got him. So he stands up for him. And then watch this. Watch the rest of the verses. Go to the next verse. And he says, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Not seated at the right hand of God. Standing at the right hand of God. And then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. Watch this. And they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him to death. Watch this. Anybody ever heard Paul quote, uh, I'm not, uh, he, well, you heard him quote for, uh, for the first verse, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He quoted another verse that said, to, for me to live is die to Christ's gain. To live as Christ dies gain. He, he quoted another verse that said, uh, I've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. All these verses that he quoted, guess who motivated him to quote those things besides the Holy Spirit? This man named Stephen. Because the Bible says, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Saul is the one who proclaims, named Paul in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what made Paul really turn his heart really strong and really went after the gospel is when he saw Stephen give his life for the gospel. Stephen gave his life Here's the crazy thing. That's not it. And as they stoned Stephen, he was calling on God. See, this doesn't happen without relationship. See, a lot of Christians, when this part comes, where's the door? I believe in Jesus until. Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. I believe in Jesus until. In El Salvador, a bunch of militants came into a church and, and surrounded the whole church with guns. They began to say, if you believe in Jesus Christ, we're going to kill you. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, we're going to let you leave. If you'll profess him this morning, we'll let you leave. There's the door. Leave or die. Nobody in the church got up. Everybody in the church stayed. And the true story, as time went on, as they began to look around, the soldiers began to look around, and nobody would get up to save their lives, every single one of those soldiers fell to their knees and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Because they said, that's real. That has to be real. That someone would die for their faith. But how many know lots of people die for causes all the time? This is a cause. 
Well, Jesus came down and did it first. He came down out of heaven and died for us first. And now he says, he saw Stephen being stoned, and Stephen says, God, Lord Jesus. He didn't say Buddha. He didn't say Muhammad. He didn't say Mary. He didn't say Hare Krishna. He didn't just say God. He said, Lord Jesus. See, when you say Jesus, that's where the divide begins to come. You can still say God in this country, but when you say Jesus, it makes the demons in hell begin to shatter and shudder and run and flutter because there's something about the name of Jesus. And I am not ashamed of the name of Jesus, and neither was Stephen. He says, receive my spirit because I'm about to go where Jesus is. This is a temporary life. What does it profit me to gain this whole world and lose my soul? He knelt down, cried out with a voice, and here's the crazy thing. Not only did he die, he says, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And when he said that, he fell asleep and died. That's a good example. I begin to close with this. Here's, the, here's the rubber, where the rubber meets the road. Luke chapter 9, watch this. I'm making you responsible. Jesus' words. Not mine. He says to them, to some of them. Say some of them? All of them, right? He says to all of them. Anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. We've heard that. Take up his cross. We've heard that. Daily, follow me. We've heard that. But watch this. A lot of times you hear me quote this, well, pretty much every service. You might not know it's in the Bible. Where it's at, where it's at. so I'm going to let you see it right here. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Watch this. Watch what Jesus says. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Here's where the rubber meets the road. For whoever is ashamed. Remember the title of the verse? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, whoever is ashamed of me. And there's something really important here. And what? And my words scriptures my word he says whoever is ashamed of me and whoever is ashamed of my words he says of him the son of man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and his fathers and his fathers and of the holy angels so you can say here this morning i'm not ashamed but only god knows if you really mean it only God knows if you'd stand up for Jesus. God needs some people to stand up. Church, all across this world, there are people who are standing up for the most ludicrous, crazy things in the world. They're standing up for all kinds of crazy things. But the church is sitting down. Right? What is the, what, what is the say, saying today? People are coming out of the closet. Right? Well, the Christians are going in it. Why? Why are we ashamed? What can you do to me? God is the one that's in control. Are y'all still here? One more verse. Luke, sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 10. Watch this. New Living Translation. Whoever acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before men, sorry, before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me on earth, I will also deny before my Father. Look, he says, go back to the other verse, please. 32. Everyone who what? Acknowledges me. Where? 
See, we, we, this, this whole secret Christian thing, I'm, under, I'm an undercover Christian. It's not biblical. Well, I just don't want to offend anybody. I'm trying to be nice so they'll li- listen. I, you can come across in a way, live your life in a way that they'll want to hear your voice. Live your life in a way they'll ask you, why are you, why are you so happy? Why are you so blessed? Why are you so fulfilled? Live your life in a way. They'll want to know what you have to say. There's a saying that says, go throughout the whole world and preach the gospel, and whenever necessary, use words. Let your life live for you. Let your life be a song. But he says, whoever acknowledges me publicly, I'll acknowledge them before my Father in heaven. But if I deny him, that's why when we ask, and I'm going to do it in just a minute, we ask someone, hey, you believe in Jesus? You want to be saved? Come up here and make a public confession of your faith. And some people say, well, I can do it here at my chair because I don't want anybody to see me. And I'm kind of, if if you're embarrassed in this church, there's no way you're going to stand for Jesus out there. You might say, well, you're the pastor. You do this all the time. I I don't just preach at this pulpit. I live out, I live my life out there. This is just, this is just part of it. This is the least important. Being who God wants me to be outside the four walls is what matters. Because if you're not who God wants you to be outside the four walls, you're a hypocrite. Amen. Well, they've already stopped amen in me, so I'm just, I'm just moving on. All right, I'm closing. Final, 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 final answer. What game is that? Who wants to be a millionaire? I want to say something very clear this morning. More than ever in my life, I want to be straightforward and honest. And I want to preach the word as God's word more than ever before. Because this is where we need it more than ever before. We've got to make a stand. We've got to make sure that we understand that right now there is a major fight like never before in our history between light and darkness. Light and darkness. Does anybody else see it? Light and darkness. It's dark. But when it's dark, the light shines brighter. And I'm going to say something that hit me yesterday and I thought it was so powerful. And, and I'm, it's a statement that I'm going to keep in my heart. I want, I want to be this. And, and some of you are going to get it right now, and some of you guys are going to get it next week. You're like, oh, that's what he meant. I'm ready to take the heat for the things I say. Amen? You hear that? I'm ready to take the heat for the things I say, because they're not mine. They're God's word. I'm ready to take the heat for the things I say. But listen to this, because the furnace is on my side. Does anybody know your Bible to know what that means? The furnace is on my side. And if you're here and you've never heard the Bible before, there's a story called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they get thrown into the fire for standing for God. And guess who goes in that fire with them? Jesus. They looked in and saw the three in the fire. And they said, I thought we put three people in there. But I see four. So I'm ready to take the heat. I'm ready, I'm ready to, to, to do whatever I have to face. I don't care. Because I'm telling you, church, we're coming to a divide right now. And I want to finish with, this is just one example. This is not the only example. This is just one example of many examples that are going on in our world right now that we have to know the truth on. I want to put up a a, a picture here. Look at this. 70% of Americans support same-sex marriage. A new high survey finds. 70%. And so right now, we're, we're in this place where everybody's Uh, moving in a direction, and I want to make this clear. Stay with me. Please listen to me my heart. 
You can ask my wife. I've been saying this for years, not months, years. You can ask any of the disciples that are around me a lot. The Lord showed me this years ago. The divide between truth and darkness and light and truth and error and right and wrong is going to be sexual orientation. Sexual orientation. All these things that are going on right now is pushing people to one side and others to another, and there's a divide. But there shouldn't be a divide because God has a word about it. His word speaks about it. So the world can say 70%. Look, that could say 99.9%. And I'm still going to stand here and tell you that same-sex marriage is a sin. You can clap or die. I don't care if you clap. It's a sin. It's an abomination. It's not, it's not right in God's eyes. But it's not the only one. Shacking up's the same thing. Adultery is the same thing. Sexual sin is going to send you to hell. We have pe- and listen, all the people in the world, transgender and homosexual and fornicators and adulterers and drug addicts and alcoholics, they're all welcome here. They can all come into this church, but the Holy Spirit's going to speak to them, and they're going to come out of that lifestyle, and they're going to get right with God. They're going to get right with God. And they're going to say what the Bible says, not what the population says. Because here's what's sad. Support jumped for almost every group polled. And I'll tell you what a big part of that has to do. I think it doubled from last year. Listen to me. Hate me or love me. The false prophet. The Pope. He's a false prophet. Came out and said, now it's okay. He is just a man. He is not God. He cannot change God's rules. Just because he has a billion people following him, he is not God. The Bible tells me that his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will not change. Amen. So that doesn't help. But even if you believe in the Pope or the Catholic Church, or I don't care what you believe in, whatever you believe in, God's word don't change. And it sadly says, white, black, and Latino Americans and almost every religious group. Almost every religious group, not this religious group, not this church, not because we hate anybody, but because we're going to say what God's word says. What God's word says. Amen. Because guess what? I'm not going to answer to you. I'd rather be wrong with all of you all day long and right with God. I'm not ashamed of his words. Stephen was murdered for it. People are dying all across the world today. I'll give my life for them today. I'll go to jail for them. Everybody knows I'm claustrophobic. I wouldn't be a good, good, good thing for me. But I'm not going to not preach the gospel. And listen, listen closely. How many are still here? Remember me about this sexual orientation thing. I'm telling you, remember me. Because they've opened the door so wide now. When you don't have biblical principles... When they, when they made, when the Supreme Court made marriage, that marriage legal in the United States, that was the beginning of the wrath of God coming on this country. But how many know we can turn the, God, the wrath of God away? But that was the beginning. And when they did that, I said, now, now what? That means that next, next, you know, I told him, I asked my wife, I said, what's, you know what's next? Pedophiles. Children. Church, our country is so lost that we have people pushing pedophilia. Where does it stop? 
Where does it stop? Where, where do we stop saying, I can't just do whatever I want with my life? I have a creator. And he told me he wants to bless me. He has an expected end for me. He loves me. He died for me. But he did not die for me to do whatever I want with my body and do whatever I want with my life. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus, and I'm going to follow what his word says all the way to heaven if I have to die for it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you stand all over this place this morning? Are you ashamed? We've had people over the years, lots of people, even just recently, just here in the church, just very recently, coming in, living together, living in sin, fornicating. Holy Spirit speaks to them. They get married. They get right. I can't live like this anymore. You know why sexual, you know why sexual orientation? Have you ever wondered why? It's God, outside of salvation, that's God's greatest gift. God's greatest gift. Way back in the beginning, he says it's not good for man to be alone. And he created sex, not just for reproduction, but he created it as a gift. And so when you take his greatest gift, and you twist it, and you manipulate it, and you mess with it, you're messing with his very creation. That's why we have to stand for same-sex marriage being wrong. We have to stand for the sanctity of the marriage that God intended. Are you with me? And what that means is, is in, in, and you can look at it later, Matthew 19, Jesus gave a really clear answer. They came to him. Some people say, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality or any of that stuff. Yes, he did. He was clear as be. He, they came and said, is it okay to get a divorce? That was the question they asked him. They said, is it okay for a man and a woman to get a divorce? Jesus could have said yes or no, right? He could have said, yes, it is. No, it's not. Guess how he answered? You can look at it later. For time, I don't want, I, I have it here, but I don't want to, I didn't. I don't think I sent it, but anyways, here's what it says. It says, you have read that he, God, who made them at the beginning, male and female, for this reason a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. So instead of just saying yes or no, marriage is, divorce is wrong, he said, let me, let me just redefine again for you what marriage is. A man any woman. Period. Anything outside of that is sexual sin. And you better read your Bible because there's whole full chapters of it. Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Now I can't, I can't take the time. There's, there's many sins in here. But I'm telling you that sexual immorality is real close to God's heart. And so that's why that particular thing is just an abomination in His sight. Here's the good news. No matter who you are in this place this morning, no matter how you came in, no matter what you thought about who you, who you feel you are, who you say you are, or who you think you are, God has a plan for you. And you can, don't change for me, because I'm not going to be there at Judgment Day with you. Don't change for me. Change because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you to this morning. And change because I want my life to be in line with God's, because at the end, I don't want to hear, I never knew you. I want to hear, enter in, good and faithful servant to all the greatness that God has for us in eternity. I want all of us to be there. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads real quick? We're going to close and pray. I'm going to just do this real fast. Just bow your heads right where you're at and close your eyes. Just 30 seconds if you're here. How many in this place right now could say, I've never 
accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. I've never acknowledged Him publicly that He's Lord. I stand up here every Sunday and I'll go out to the freeway with a microphone. I'd go to Texas Stadium. I'd go on TV and I'll say the same thing. I am not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But have you made a public statement? Have you ever said, I want everybody in this church to know Jesus is Lord of my life. Take you back to that scripture, church. He said, if you'll acknowledge me publicly, I'll acknowledge you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. I don't know if it can be any clearer. He wants us to make a public statement who Jesus is. How many in this place could say, I've never done that? If, if you died today, would you go to heaven? Or would you go to hell? Oh, I'm a good person. I didn't ask that. Oh, I'm a messed up person. I didn't ask that. If you died today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? He who knew no sin became sin for you so that you could become the righteousness of God. Brian quoted it at the prayer. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Come back on another service and I'll preach a, preach a service on hell and you'll realize what you're saved from. We're just weeping and gnashing of teeth. That place isn't even for us. It's for the devil and his angels, fallen angels. But we send ourselves there because we reject Jesus. Today as people get baptized, that's what they're doing more than anything. They're not saying I've got my life together. They're saying I'm making a public statement that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and I'm not ashamed of him. How many could lift their hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me real quick? Right here, all over. I need Jesus. Just put it up and put it back down. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. How many more? Quickly, I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? God bless you. I see your hand. How many more? Come on, God's touching some people. Just, in that, just like in that verse, I see your hand, young man. Just like in that verse, the Spirit of God. It's not me. It's the Spirit of God's touching you right now. God wants to do a transformation of our country. But it starts in our hearts. It starts where we say, God, I believe your word is infallible. I believe your word is right. Church, this word has been around for thousands of years. They've tried to burn it. They've tried to kill it. They've tried to destroy it. But Jesus said, my word will not be destroyed. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never change. His word is still alive. It changed my life 28 years ago. It transformed my life. And I would die for Jesus today. It's how real he is. And he wants to be that real to you. How many more? Quickly. I want to do one more thing. If you're raising your hand or you've raised your hand, I want you just to do something else. I want you to make a public statement with me. I'm standing right here. I want you to step out of your seat to the nearest aisle, and I want you to just come down here and tell this whole church, I am publicly confessing Jesus Christ as my Savior. Come on. You put your hand up. Come on. Several hands went up. Come on. Don't wait. Step out of your seat. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. We're going to wait. We're going to clap for you. We're going to wait for you. Some hands over here. Amen. Amen. God bless you for being bold. Amen. Come on. Come on, buddy. Come on. I saw your hand. Get up here. Come on. Come on. We're going to wait. Come on. Amen. Come on. Don't stop clapping, church. Don't stop clapping. Amen. Public confession. Public confession. I, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed. Amen. I'm not ashamed. Amen. Five more seconds. I'm, I'm going to wait. This, this, I'm, giving, I'm helping you. You're going to thank me one day. You're going to go, thank you so much for asking me to come forward and make a public confession of my faith.
Because, man, when he says, come on in, woo, when you see the streets of gold, man, when you see all the things, the Bible says, eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man all the things God's prepared for us. He has such good things prepared for us. Amen. Five more seconds. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You're running from God. You're here physically, but you're not here spiritually. You're like, man, what are they going to think about me? You know what? Over the years, we've had leaders come forward. We've had leaders step out who are serving in church. That's how real our church is because we want people to go to heaven. We're not putting on a show here. We don't have it all together here. We're not a bunch of perfect people. We just have a perfect God who's merciful and loves us and wants us to be better. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you did this prayer 25 years ago, but since then you've gone back to your old ways today. Maybe you've never, maybe you believe in Jesus, but you've never done this. I'm like, I want to do it again. I just want to come down and be saved again. Jesus, see me, see me, see me. Make sure you see me, Lord. If you haven't done that, come. I'm going to give you five seconds. Just come, just come. Public confession. It doesn't matter where you're at, how long you've been coming to church. Come on. Public confession. Amen. Public, God knows your heart. Come on. Come on, five. Come on, some more. There's some more here. I'm waiting for you. Amen. Come on, public confession. Amen. Oh, you guys are stiff-necked. Woo, hard-hearted. There's still some more. I'm going to give you just a few more seconds. You're, you're like this right now. Why don't you just, just do it? Just step out. Just step out. Just step out. Come on. Just step out. Public confession. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Amen. There's another one. Come on. I'm not ashamed. Who cares what anybody else thinks? I don't care. Come on. Just a few more seconds. There's another one right there. Amen. Come on. Public confession. Jesus, look at me. See me, Lord. Come on. Come on. Public confession. Come on, church. The Bible says the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. Hallelujah. Over one sinner. One person. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. They're still coming. Amen. Come on. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. They're still coming. Hallelujah. This is revival. This is revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is revival. God's touching hearts. Amen. Whole families are coming. Hallelujah. God sees your heart. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on. They're still coming. Come on. They're still coming. Just let those tears come. Just let those tears out. That's God doing something in your heart this morning. Yes. Yes. Personal relationship. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. They're still coming. As they're coming, would you just begin to say, God, I love you. God, I love you. Jesus, forgive me. Just begin to tell him, forgive me for my sins. Come on, church. Don't stop praising. Don't stop clapping. Don't stop worshiping. I believe there's some more. There's still some more. Just begin to say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, cleanse me. Change my life this morning. Oh, Jesus. 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 Your hand's on my life today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Say this with me. We're going to say exactly what the Bible says, straight from the verse. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ, 
is Lord. You, God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for me, that I could become the righteousness of God. I believe today that every sin I've ever committed is forgiven. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, the little ones and the big ones. Your word says that when I confess my sins to you, you're faithful and just to forgive me of all of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Jesus, this is real. You're real. And today, I make a public confession that you are Lord of my life. Change me today. Make me like you. Help me stand for you and not be ashamed of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible really says that there's a, a party. Hay una fiesta en el cielo en esta mañana. There's a huge party up there. They're shouting. They're clapping. They're rejoicing because you gave your life to the Lord this morning. Made a public confession. Amen. Amen. We're, we're going to dismiss in just a minute. We're gonna, I'm going to give it to Pastor Mario to pray over us and, 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 and um, we're going to go get our kids and and then we're going to go to the fellowship hall and we're going to celebrate even more. It's going to be the most exciting baptism we've ever done. And some of you are going to want to get rebaptized again. I'm telling you, it's going to be so powerful. But all of you that are here just made the best decision and the hardest decision of your life. Just to be real. It's hard because there's a world out there who's going to lie to you and tell you it wasn't real. But I'm telling you, 28 years I've been living for the Lord. Now, the book that we gave you, if you didn't get a book, we'll make sure just take that with you and read it. It's got something for the next 30 days. And just start reading it. And you, right now you're like a baby, like a newborn. They poop in their diapers. They pee in their diapers. They throw up. They, they don't know how to walk. You're, you're going to learn how to, how to become a Christian. You're going to learn how to make godly decisions. You're going to make some mistakes. It's, it's, it's just, just like a baby that's trying to crawl and falls. They get back up and they keep learning how to walk. It's a learning process. But the best thing you can do is come to the next service. We'll have church here Wednesday. Come back again Wednesday, and then come back again next Sunday. And then, and all, I mean, all the people that serve in our church, they, they did the same thing you did. And now they're being used, and they're serving, and they get involved. And if you used to party, you used to party hard. Now you got to go hard for God. You used to be at every event. You'd stay up all night. You'd get up early for work the next day. Now you do the same thing, but for God. You do it radical. It's a lot of radical people in this church, I'm telling you. A lot of crazy testimonies. You wouldn't even believe them all. But you got to go all in. You can't go halfway, and so we're here to encourage you. We're so excited to see the decisions that you're making, and I'm telling you, this, this is going to become the norm in this church. People are going to come because people want to hear the truth. People are tired of being lied to. People are tired of being manipulated. They want the truth because the truth sets us free. Amen? It's good to see you guys back. Amen. Don't go back. Just stay. Amen? God's got a plan for you guys. We had another couple in the first service that used to go to the old building. God's bringing people back, too. That people that have gone out and made some mistakes or just had some rough times, they're coming back. Amen?
So I'm going to give it to Pastor Marl. You guys can go back to your seats. And then, and then quickly after, we want to make sure we go get our kids and, and get back there, get ready for dis, uh, baptism. Praise God. Come on, let's give the Lord another big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I just began to weep and just began to feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm so thankful that we have a pastor that preaches the truth. Amen. Now, let me just tell you this. Do not be offended. Amen. We are all battling things in our lives, and the key and the point to making it is repentance. Amen. What we just did right here. Amen. And no matter how hard we try to be, no matter how ugly we might feel inside, let me tell you something. God is merciful, and God loves you. Listen, I have a daughter that's battling some things in her life. And when Pastor began to minister on these things, and he began to show us what the world believes, let me tell you something. I don't get bitter. I don't get angry. I don't get upset at my daughter. I get upset at sin. Amen? And what Pastor preached this morning is let's, let's get sick and tired of sin. Let's get the sin out of our lives. Amen? Listen, there's no other way to make it in life. Listen, we're not judging you. We're, we're judging sin. Amen? It's the sin. Glory to God. If you need one of these books, just lift your hand up. If you didn't get one, you were at the altar. And you need one of these. Uh, someone can have this one right here. Oh, Paul's got some right there. 